Welcome to the Luminous Space Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Welcome back to a new season of the Luminous Space Podcast. Father Chad Jarnigan here. I'm the vicar of Luminous Anglican. And through the month of September, we're walking through James in the lectionary. Today, we're looking at James 2, 1 through 10. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes comes in. And if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges of evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law of transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for it all. This is the word of the Lord. So as we walk through this book this month, you're going to see things that stand out, some more abrasive than others and some more strict or stringent than others. It's a fascinating book. Many people look at it as a book that is based on works alone. But essentially, that's not fully the case. Last week, Mark introduced us with some background. An introduction away of this book kind of leads into what we need to be receiving. Tonight, we're looking at James 2, because it 
is a very intentional piece of text. And if we're not intentional ourselves, we may have the message be completely lost on us. The epistle of James is one of the 21 epistles in the New Testament. The author identifies himself as James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is writing to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. James hits a groove of asking a string of really rhetorical questions in the middle of the text. Jesus had a history of rebuking the powerful, not because of their influence, but because they use their power for self-serving purposes. Haven't you shown partiality? The Greek is diakrino, among yourselves. The word diakrino is combined by two words, diakrino, and in this context, diakrino means a separate, make a distinction, discriminate, to prefer due to class. And we're all still doing this. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. And the phrase loyal, royal law, might be better translated as the king's law. In this case, the king is God. Jesus taught that the world of the law, the whole of the law, a prophet could be summarized in two commandments, love God and love your neighbor. This is from Matthew 22. James is so bold to narrow the list to one. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Perhaps he believes that in so loving our neighbor, we are loving God, or assumes that by loving God, we would love one another. James says that the person who loves their neighbor does well. That is probably true in three ways here. First, they keep the law. They keep the order in which set. Second, they make life better for their neighbor. Thirdly, they make life better for themselves. Once in Christ, we forfeit rights. And we're not doormats, but because we have professed that there is a better way than what the world or culture around us is revealing. This resonates loudly in our climate today, doesn't it? Another aspect of this passage is how we look, think, and treat celebrities. Those who have influence and visibility, clout, so we have an intoxicated view of those that we see as famous. Unfortunately, we even project onto their life how we think it should look, what we think they should do or say or not say. 
or do, we can become obsessed with celebrities. Now, living around here in Nashville, it is just a matter of time until you run into someone who is famous or a celebrity. I have many stories from just living here for so long that is quite fun and entertaining. I remember just a few years ago, I was in a part of town where I had my windows down, enjoying the weather, and pulled up to a stoplight, and a really nice G-Wagon was sitting next to me, and I just was appreciating its idol. (laughs) And I just looked over to see their window cracked just enough to notice a couple of famous people, which they nodded, and we all left, moved on to the next thing. I remember being in Green Hills and shopping, and I was coming across a street, and I had to wait for a car that was bolting around the corner, and had I not stopped, I would no longer be here only to find the window roll down and seeing a pastely figure who is quite known in the music world. I remember being at a fundraiser and someone introducing me to an older gentleman who was a pop rock star back in the 80s which I have heard of, but I never really thought of. It was fascinating. There's been so many fun stories of just meeting or interacting with famous people. I think the interesting thing is reality is no one is better or worse than another just because of the way they dress or the way they look or the way they smell or how many followers they have, how many books they've sold, how many albums they've sold. Our judgments and discrimination usually only recede with experience from education and exposure. Maybe now more than ever, this is becoming more difficult in our isolation. But it doesn't make it any less true. May we remember John 13 35 says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is words of Jesus talking to his disciples after washing their feet. And this passage even speaks to all that we meet, whether we consider them a neighbor or not. I'll wrap up this thought with a quote from Henry Nouwen from Bread for the Journey. We become neighbors 
when we are willing to cross the road for one another. There is a lot of road crossing to do. We are all very busy in our own circles. We have our own people to go to, our own affairs to take care of. But if we could cross the road once in a while and pay attention to what is happening on the other side, we might indeed become neighbors. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you.